Good Friday. It's uh, it's a sunshiny day. We haven't seen the sun in a while. After all the rain we had this past week, nice, although it's not necessarily warm out, but I don't need to tell you that. Glad to have you on a Friday. I'll tell you this. Uh, I should have listened to the rest of you, and I didn't, and it's my fault, and I feel bad uh, because I'm completely out of the tournament. Gonzaga Ben screwed me again. Screwed me again. Gonzaga is, uh, they fall last night to Arkansas. And, uh, oh, by the way, and I'll, I'll address the SEC fans coming up here in a minute. But uh, but Gonzaga screwed me again. Just, uh, they just, they just completely overhyped every year. And this was the year I thought they would get it. I bought into it. Everybody was, uh, all the talking heads were saying how great they were. And I had people, when I posted over on uh, the Facebook fan page, when I posted my sheet, just because I didn't want people to think that, you know, if I was winning that I was lying about it. So I said, here it is. Uh, I had numerous people that said, you're going down. Gonzaga does it every year. They always look good. They'll be a number one. They'll be out by the Sweet 16. So they made it to the Sweet 16, but that was the that was the end of it uh, after, after they got beat by by Arkansas. So I just, uh, just man, oh, man, can't believe Gonzaga got me again. So Gonzaga went down. Arizona went down. It was a night last night. Duke continued on, but uh, so it's going to be Duke in Arkansas. Villanova got the win last night over Michigan, and Arizona get beat, gets beat by Houston. So, And every time I see Calvin Sampson, I always think to myself that that program is probably just a year or two away from being put on suspension. The Kind of the same way people look at Bruce Pearl down in Auburn, that at some point uh, something's going to happen and you're going to go, ah, I saw that coming. But uh, but nevertheless, you got Houston and Villanova, and Gonzaga, and, or uh, excuse me, uh, Arkansas and Duke, now into the uh, into the um, Elite Eight. So now you get the other half coming up later on tonight. But what a night for college basketball! Good games last night. How you doing, Ben? I'm all right. I'm a little tired. Stayed up last for- night watching all the games. Watching I am in games? awe of Jay Wright and what he does every year. There was also a comparison made on the morning show that I did not make. But Ebo and Nelson were comparing Gonzaga to the Green Bay Packers. And there was a lot of truth. I saw that last night. Yeah, I saw that last night. I did. I saw that last night. Um, And it was, you know, here's the thing. Gonzaga has never won. The Packers have at least won one. Right. So it's not necessarily an apples to apples comparison. Uh, but I get it. I You know, in, in recent history, the disappointment for both the Packers and Gonzaga has been equal. If you're both where they get there, there's a lot of hype. Uh, and then they just kind of go quietly into that good night. But at least the Packers, if you want to call it down to the final four, the Packers have made the final four five times in Aaron Rodgers career. Whereas Gonzaga, they, they don't even get there. They, they come in with number ones and they go out by the elite eight and see ya. And so Gonzaga hasn't been able to do that with any kind of consistent, at least the Packers are getting a couple of wins and getting down to an NFC championship game. But yeah, disappointment. Speaking of the Packers, I am here today, believe it or not, to defend Aaron Rodgers. I'm here today to defend Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, everybody saw last night he had a he had a Chiefs jersey in his car, and he was driving home and such big smiles. And he should, you know, good for him. 
Um, but there was a post, and I can't remember who posted it. I think it might have been Ken Engels. And it was the clip of Aaron Rodgers basically saying that, you know, and this was a while ago, that people come here to play with me. People come to Green Bay and want to play with me. And they've taken that clip and to, to the point that it's, you know, kind of viral now. And then they start to list Devontae Adams, Equinemia St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The starters, these wide receivers that are gone. So since Aaron Rodgers has stated that, they have lost three wide receivers. And they say, guess not. And they want to throw that in Aaron Rodgers' face in some way, shape, or form. And today, uh, I was kind of going through that, and I thought, no, you, you can't you can't do that. Um, maybe you can say that about Devontae Adams, but Devontae... Because it wasn't about the money with Devontae. It was more about angst towards the organization. And I think Tom Silverstein had a really good article in the sense that while Devontae was Aaron Rodgers' guy on the field, he wasn't his guy off the field. Randall Cobb, Bakhtiari, those guys, that's his inner circle. Devontae wasn't in that inner circle. He's a really good friend of Derek Carr's. So in that case, yeah, you could probably look at that and say, hey, Devontae had a chance not only because Devontae said, in, and I keep going back to that, uh, the interview during the divisional round leading up to it uh, when he did an interview with Westwood One where he said, I, my career is not complete unless I win a championship. Well, not only did the Packers, the Packers couldn't guarantee him the money in the way he wanted it that the Raiders did. So I understand that. But he would have gotten paid. He would have gotten paid. At least the deal that the Packers apparently were offering was probably a little more lucrative, but not as much guaranteed. And he wanted more guaranteed. So anyway, the Packers, um, in that sense, you can say they didn't do their due diligence when it comes to uh, conversations and being able to offer him more money up front and talk to him uh, throughout the season about it. And, and again, I go back to the ripple effect of Aaron Rodgers because nobody knew what he was going to do. Therefore, the Packers didn't want to commit one way or the other because all of a sudden you don't have enough money to bring into Aaron Rodgers' camp to keep your quarterback, and you could end up with Jordan Love throwing to Devontae Adams, and that's not going to make anybody happy. So I get it. I, I get the Devontae argument a little bit. But Equinemia St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, when did Marquez Valdez-Scantling suddenly become the best wide receiver in the league? I mean, the way they're talking about him in Kansas City, I'm thinking you are in for a mighty disappointment. Now, unless he really learns some things behind Devontae, unless he emerges, like this would be his emergence season after some years of being banged up, some drops, not being the, the, the main target, okay, maybe he really begins to emerge and he's going to make Packers fans go, damn, how do they let that guy go? But from what we've seen, He's had some key drops, and Devontae had a few drops in the early in his career, but not like this, not in big, big moments. And Devontae was hurt, don't forget, his first year uh, for the well, pretty much the entire season. He had a high ankle sprain. So, you know, they went for the money. Packers weren't going to overpay to keep those guys here. And it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault that these guys didn't want to say for their first bigger contract, hey, we got to take less to stay with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if I'm Marco Zavala scaling, I'm going to a quality quality quarterback. 
I'm just getting more money to do it. It was about the money. And Equinemia St. Brown, meh, he went to the Bears. Luke Getzey sees something in him. Bring him down there. He can be a cross, cross, the, cross the middle wide receiver, slot receiver. He can be that guy. Maybe help on Justin Fields a little bit. Get him on the cheap. See what he develops into, if anything. But he's been pretty much banged up his entire career as well. So this whole thing about we're blaming Aaron Rodgers for everything, no. I, look, there's, there's things you can come down on Rodgers for, sure. But this, no. Not going along with that at all. Not doing it at all. Nope. So uh, that, Bucks get a win last night. No Chris Middleton, no Giannis. Uh, Drew Holiday. God, how many times last night did he drive as if he was going to go inside? He's beyond the arc. He gets either a pass or brings the ball up. Two or three dribbles into the arc. Then a quick step back, jumper for three. He was hitting from everywhere last night. Drew Holiday on ring night. And Bonnie Olsen doing the PA. Ring night leads the uh, Bucks to victory without Chris Middleton and without Giannis. So the Bucks continue to put the pressure on the top spot for the Miami Heat. Bucks not getting a lot of national respect. And, uh, Ben, did you see what James Harden had to say in, in throwing a little backhanded fuel on the fire between him and Giannis? No. You didn't see that? Oh, boy. So Harden now says... His new teammate, Joel Embiid, he is the true MVP. He deserves to be the MVP. And remember, Harden was outvoted, and they gave the MVP to Giannis during one of Harden's best seasons. And Harden kind of got mouthy about it, saying how much he deserved the MVP and kind of backhanded slapped Giannis Giannis a couple times. Now he's playing with Embiid. And out, all of a sudden, he's asked about it, and he starts going off on MB, best big man in the game. Very backhanded way. Well, didn't he call Giannis just tall? Said he isn't actually yeah. talented. So yeah, he he's thrown some shade at Giannis on numerous occasions. Par for the course. Yep. Yep. Uh, Harden said, in his mind, an MVP should be dominant and impactful in terms of your team winning. Most of the games he's played this year, we've been fighting for the number one seed, Harden said, and uh, he's not only top two, top three in scoring, but he's actually impactful to our team winning. So, again, and a lot of people looked at that as his him kind of looking at Giannis going, you're not as impactful. Look, your team's winning without you, which I found rather interesting. So, um, James, now again, he didn't specifically say Giannis, but that's the way it was being taken by some. So I just thought it was rather interesting. I got up and read that this morning and, and thought, Hmm, again, this is going to just fuel the fire. If indeed those two teams end up meeting in the postseason, it's just going to continue to fuel the fire. Who are you rooting for between the Bucks and the 76ers? If the 76ers say, get to an Eastern conference finals, I plead the fifth. <laughs> No, I don't know. It'd be tough. I, I'd be in the middle. I'll be an object. Yeah. I'll be a big J journalist that week. Okay, all right. But Bill, you did. That's pass, fair. You did pass over the worst thing to happen last night. Which Coach was K won. Oh yeah. So we had uh, yesterday. Uh, we had uh, John Fanta on with us, 
And he had said he's calling his shot. He thought for sure that Texas Tech would get the win last night. So did I. And they did not. And they did not give Coach K. And, and you know what's funny is going back to the beginning of the season now, again, talking heads. In this particular case, they were right. That this is a team that Coach K has assembled the way they play. This is his kind of team. And this would be one of those surprising teams that, you know, would throw it on their shoulders and say the mantra is send him out on top and they'd win the whole damn thing. So now... Duke is going to face off against Arkansas. And I haven't even gotten to the SEC, uh, you know, the people that are coming out of the woodwork regarding the SEC. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I thought that was interesting because he, he's going to end up in a Final Four. I, do you got Duke over Arkansas? is a good team. And I, I really like Musselman, and I think he's a really good coach. But I, I, I think Duke's, Duke looked smooth last night. No panic in Duke. Even when, even when Texas Tech made runs, no panic. They just very methodically do what they do, specifically down the stretch. Shashevsky's really good coach, and just they made moves and changed up defenses, and Texas Tech just went quietly into that good night. Not like Villanova putting away putting away Michigan, but uh, but yeah, it was um, it was uh, it was a good night for Duke. So tonight we got the second half of the games. So you're you're are you now uh, an Arkansas fan? Oh, I'll talk myself into Arkansas. Okay, it's not that I hard got, uh, for me to talk I, myself I, into teams. You know, I cannot, cannot. Um, I this is the reason I I can't stand Kentucky, but more so some SEC fans, SEC fans bashing the Big Ten, just outright bashing the Big Ten. Because, oh, you had nine teams, and look how good you thought you were, and now you're down to one, and Arkansas is there. And I I was kind of – if that's where you got to go? Kind of befuddled. I'm like, well, who are you throwing your weight behind? Arkansas now? Nobody had a belief in Arkansas at the beginning of the season. It was going to be Auburn or Kentucky. And both of those teams bowed out early. And everybody was thinking this was going to be the year for Kentucky. To get back to it. That's usually where you throw your SEC love. Then you had Tennessee. Tennessee was supposed to be be there and be all that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but ten, didn't Tennessee get beat by Michigan? Yeah. A Big Ten team? So it, it, SEC fans coming out of the woodwork last night, I'm like, wait a minute. Who cares how many teams you got in? That gives you more of a chance to lose. And they did. That's fine. But don't don't start throwing shade when it comes to College hoops and who's been the stronger conference in recent history? It's like, come on, man! Are you oh, kidding me? Oh, Bill, it just means more down there. It means more NCAA right. violations and suspensions, right. and Firings yep. and all that stuff. Yep, yep. So, and again, the uh, the whole conference versus conference and who gets how many in and who's the strongest conference in the country. You know, you know. When you look at the depth of the Big Ten, you can say the depth of the Big Ten is what makes them so good, what makes it such a strong conference. That's the reason they get nine in. Where as far as the SEC goes, the SEC's got four, five, six solid teams. Not knocking the SEC. I think the SEC basketball is pretty good. But if that's all you have to go to, I mean, it's like, come on. 
So it was SEC fans coming out of the woodwork last night. Anyway, uh, so that's where we're at today on a charity Friday. Don't forget, coming up today, 5 to 7, we are going to be live. We are going to be at uh, Albanese's Roadhouse on Blue Mountain Road in Waukesha, next to Menards, across the street from Home Depot. We are going to be there raising funds for special spaces, and they build these custom dream bedrooms for kids with cancer. So that's what we're there for. Can you come out tonight, 5 to 7, happy hour, hang out with us a little while. We'll serve you up a cocktail, do a little tip, all the tips, all the proceeds, everything goes over to special spaces, and it's all brought to you. Myself, Gina Della from Pella Windows and Doors is going to be there. We're behind the bars. And uh, also got to say thanks to our friends at CIBM Bank who've stepped up in the area. And they said, look, we'll match the donations and we'll uh, we'll do a little sponsorship thing. And they did. And they put their money where their mouth is. So thanks to them. Thanks to our buddy Sean at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. He's given away a two-bedroom or a uh, two-bedroom, a two-car garage. And he said, look, I'll do it for free. Just somebody buy this package, make some money on that. All kinds of people have stepped up. It's going to be a lot of fun again tonight, 5 to 7. Special Spaces is going to be the benefactor. Going to be at Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mountain Road across the street from Home Depot next to Menards. Come on out and see us. Tonight we'll be behind the bar hanging out. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hopefully you're enjoying the sunshine. We haven't seen that giant ball of fire in the sky in a while. Love it. Love it that it's uh, getting sunny out. I wish it was getting warmer, uh, but love it that it's getting sunny out. Uh, appreciate everybody chiming in today, man. The, uh, the the Bud Light live stream is, is flying today. Flying today. Um, let's see here. This is from, uh, from Ricky. It says, uh, you're wishing well. Uh, meaning MBS, but can he actually stay healthy? That's the big one. I wish him well. I mean, I don't have anything against him. I just went, went let me say this, because I want to go back to this. Um, uh, who was it over here? I was just kind of flipping through. Um, where was it? Um, God. Somebody said that I that I shouldn't say that the Packers couldn't pay it, and now I, I can't I can't find it. We've got so many people flying through right now. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, I, I never said the Packers couldn't pay him. They could. They weren't going to pay him that amount of money. If anything, that tells you that yeah, he's we'd like to have him back, but no, we're not we're not overpaying him. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So. Is it, an, is it an indictment? Is it an indictment on uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, or Aaron Rodgers and the way people want to make it out to be? No. Look, he got his money. Packers weren't going to pay him that. They're not keeping him because Rodgers needs him to stay. Right? So it's it not, not going to happen. I I don't have a problem. Look, the Packers still need a veteran wide receiver. I know that I was watching the, uh, I don't know who it was yesterday. I don't know if it was Dan Orlovsky or the NFL Network. Somebody was on going through the list of, say, the top 10 wide receivers in the draft. 
And they're talking about how deep it is and what each guy compares to. And, Ben, you and I were talking about this yesterday, talking about a guy that, you know, oh, this guy is going to be OBJ, or this guy is going to be Terrell Owens, and this guy, you know. Nobody's anybody until they actually pan out, okay, first and foremost. But there seems to be the thought process that at least through the first two rounds, there will be quality wide receivers there. But there are four or five that stand out. And one of the guys was the one that uh, the Packers were talking to down at the Combine, quite lengthy-wise, was, which was Chris Olave. But they, they, there seems to be – I don't think there is. I know people are talking about, you know, wide receivers that could go in the third round being high-end, and maybe they are. But I think there's probably seven guys in this draft that are really going to pan out, and one of them you're not even going to get to because he's coming off of a torn ACL. So you're not going to take that guy, especially in a year in which you need impact players now. You need somebody here and now. So that eliminates one of those top seven. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I think the Packers are going to end up with a wide receiver. If they don't in the early round, in the first round, they will in the second and third. But don't be surprised if they go after an outside rusher, a uh, big offensive tackle, uh, depth at the uh, defensive line, if they find another good body for a, a, a lineman. You know, I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked. But, yeah, there's five or six. You know, obviously Drake London is the guy that everybody's talking about, the kid out of USC and how good he is and all the different, you know, talents he brings to the table with the 4-3 speed and, you know, the size that he has and he's being – you know, he's being, you know, kind of touted as all these different styles of wide receivers, and uh, and I get it, but uh, there'll, there'll be somebody there. Garrett Wilson's another one that, you know, a lot of people are really, really high on, but I don't think either one of those guys make it out of the, uh, out of the top ten, which is why when I start looking through that list, I say, you know, if you're going to get into other wide receivers, the next guy that the Packers had an interest in that's probably mid-first round, maybe you trade up to get, would be Chris Olave. And he could be an impact player right away, especially if you look at his touchdowns-to-catches ratio. It's one of the best in uh, best in college football last year. But I, I don't think this I don't think this draft is as deep uh, when it comes to the high-end wide receivers as some are making it out to be, if that makes sense. 877-867-1670, Um Let's see here. Uh, Lloyd says, can't fault MBS for taking the money, but the Packers can't commit that type of money to a wide receiver who can't stay healthy. And obviously he's had some drops too. Don't forget about that. Um, doesn't run the crisp routes, uh, get out, gets out muscled. And wide receiver guys with uh, potential forever, like MVS, uh, they get fired more than anything when you overcommit to them. Um, that's that's probably a pretty good way to put it. The worst label you can have on you is potential after the first or second year. After the first or second year, if people are still saying you got potential, that means you haven't you haven't realized what it is you can do. Because they can see it. You've got athleticism. You've got ability. You've got speed. All those things that are just adjectives to be thrown out. But do they say, you run a really good route? 
man, you run a dig route better than anybody. Man, you run a crossing pattern better than anybody. Man, you don't have any fear. You get your arms up. You got solid hands. You catch out front. You know, you can read and react right away. You understand the offense. You get the coverage. You can look at a quarterback and know exactly where to be, when to be there. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a difference there. There's a difference there. Um, Steve says uh, wide receivers coming out of college are way ahead of the game compared to years ago due to seven-on-seven passing leagues uh, that these kids are now in. Steve, yes, but the problem is while they're astute at running routes and they're pretty good pass catchers, they're not as good at reading the defense. It still takes time. Unless you just flat out have muscle, height, or speed. You it takes it takes guys a while. It takes guys a while. You you don't just come in like you look at a guy like Lamar Chase, uh, solid. There's guys like that that come in absolutely. Justin Jefferson, fantastic wide receiver, lit it up right away. You could see it. But those guys usually are few and far between. You don't get a lot of those guys. You get three, maybe four, and then after that, everybody becomes a one-year project, and in year two, they start to emerge. And I still think, and I agree with many of you who are saying the Packers need to go out and get a, a, a wide receiver, a veteran, I'm of agreement with you. I just don't know what they're going to give up to get them because every team in the league knows the Packers need to go get a legit wide receiver. So you're going to have to overpay. And that's not what the Packers want to do right now. I'm not talking overpay financially. I'm talking overpay in the commitment of draft choices and such. I don't think they want to do that. Because as much as you can talk about this team's going for it right now, they also have to look a few years down the road and say, man, we, as much money as we have committed into the next three, four years for this team, We've got to have, we got to hit on draft choices to keep some of these guys under low-term contracts because we can't afford everybody down the road. So there's a real delicate balance right there. And I'm of the yoke to go for it. I know we have, we as fans, have two years to get to that promised land, basically. Maybe three. But... You got to push. It's a, it's a real hard balance. Gutekinds has to has to go through to be able to push the chips to the middle of the table while still reserving enough sense to say in three four years we're not going to be bringing in guys from an arena league to fill the roster because we don't have anybody because we can't afford to pay anybody anymore. We had to cut so many guys loose, and if you do that and you don't have any Super Bowls to show for it, oof, oy vey. Goodness, my goodness. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. How you doing? Enjoying the day today. On a good Friday, Charity Friday, 
If you're looking for good companies to work with or work for, there's a company called Pindell. They're based right here in our own backyard. And uh, they are a quality machining, manufacturing company. So if you're if you're in the uh, state, if you're within the sound of my voice and you're looking for a company to work with because your company needs different parts and certain things, then that's a great company. But if you're looking to work for a great company that pays more and educates and even helps if you decide to go out on your own, that's Pindell. That's company power. And they're really, really good people. Uh, Bill and Tony and everybody over there are just, they're just fantastic people to talk to and work with. And you walk through there and get a chance to meet some of the workers. And they, they not only are they happy to talk about their place, but they genuinely take pride in it. But uh, if you want to see more about it, go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, Pindell.com, and, uh, and see what I'm talking about. Don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Um, check them out. So I, I got a, an interesting um, comment over on the Bud Light live stream, and I, I want to go back to this, okay? Because uh, I think I want to I want to address this, okay? So uh, I get a, a a mention here from Alex over on the Bud Light live live stream, and we were talking about MVS and talking about Rogers and the money and such. And he and I just want to read this, and I want to go through this. He said, "I hate to disagree with you, Bill, but timing is everything. Rogers created a vacuum where everything was about him and about the money." Green Bay could not focus uh, everything uh, on the money or effort or anything on Adams because they had to get final decisions and costs on Rodgers. MBS couldn't be uh, signed till Green Bay knew if they had any money to work with, which we didn't after the Rodgers signing. And timing for Kansas City uh, allowed uh, them to do far better in trading Tyreek and what they got for him, and then they could easily afford MBS. We should have gotten more for Adams, but Green Bay was forced against a wall by Rodgers until they had little chance to sign him. And Adams then knew it and worked on his own uh, to get to the Raiders and to get away uh, from a good deal here. Uh, just my opinion. My point had Rodgers been and done what he'd said he'd been saying all along. Things would have been different um, or numerous signing situations, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The difference is, Alex, I understand what you're saying, but it's off. And here's why, okay? The Rodgers deal, I, I talked about that. I said, look, there's a ripple effect of this. Rodgers indirectly, indirectly, for what you said about not being able to deal with Devontae, you are correct. That was, in, that, that was a, an innocent byproduct, uh, casualty, if you will, of the Aaron Rodgers situation, 100% agree. There was a lot of damage already done by the organization not going to Devontae, not getting a deal worked out, not talking to his guy, Frank Bauer, during the season over and over and over again, getting that thing done because of the uncertainty. I completely agree with that. However, to say that the Packers didn't get enough, situation is completely different. Tyreek Hill was under contract. So they didn't have to trade him. That's first. Where Devontae, he wasn't. They franchise tagged him. Otherwise, they got something for him. He could have walked, and they would have gotten nothing. Tariq Hill had numerous teams bidding because that's the way it was set up because the fact that Tariq Hill had a contract and was signed 
by the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay? So that's that's apples to oranges. They had New York and Miami both vying for his services, whereas Devontae dictated where he wanted to go. He either was not going to play or he was going to go to Oakland. There wasn't another choice. It wasn't like they said, hey, you know what? We're going to ship you to the AFC, but we're going to send you to Cleveland. There, that, that wasn't an option. It was either Oak or Oakland. It was either Las Vegas or nowhere, and, and Las Vegas knew it. And again, he was not under contract. He was not going to play. The Packers had their backs against the wall. The ripple effect, I completely agree with you. But the trade scenarios... Apples to oranges. I think the Packers did really well in going from a guy that that could have walked away to turn that into a first and a second round pick. That kudos to Gudekinst for doing what he did. Now, the MVS thing, he was just here in Green Bay and then went to Kansas City. They've got money to sign him. Rodgers' contract right now has no effect on this franchise other than two and three and four years down the road. Rodgers is making tw- what is total cap hits this year, $28 million. It went down. And that was done weeks ago. So the Packers right now in the, in the here and the now, they just let MBS go. They just said, talk to you later. See ya. So they have the money right here, right now, if they choose to use it on MBS or if they choose to use it on MBS, they just didn't. They weren't gonna they weren't gonna match that. They just looked at the value for what it is he does, what it is he gave them, and what it is he was asking for, and they said no. For as much as Aaron Rodgers praised Marquez Valdez Scantling in the during the season, I guess, for his maturity and his growth, and, and you can go on and on about it, for, for all of that, um, he didn't throw to him. He didn't throw to him. So, and you know, it, it's it's really apples to oranges, and that particular portion of it, that does, that doesn't hold water because they had the money to pay him. Since they've restructured many contracts, they still they're still going to restructure. You would assume or extend Jair; he'll get extended at some point. They can rework Dean Lowry if they need to. So, you know, they'll they'll. I I'm not panicking. Some people are panicking. I'm not panicking, and the reason why is good against. Let's be honest; he's been pretty good. You can tie the Jordan Love fiasco to him, and and you would not be wrong. But he's been a pretty good general manager, don't, don't you think? Don't you think he's been a pretty good general manager? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Palaman said receivers drafted in twenty twenty: Lamb, Judy, Jefferson, Higgins, Ayuk. Twenty twenty one: Chase, Waddle, Smith, Tony, Moore. If history holds up, we can get a pretty good, maybe elite receiver in the draft. 
You're naming four per draft. I agree with you. After that, you're not getting a lot of big-time standouts. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen, because it does. I mean, Donald Driver was a seventh-round draft choice, and he became an incredibly solid performer for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm not saying you can't find one. But the maturity level, the time it takes... What I'm saying is, is you what you need is you need a C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Jefferson, uh, Higgins, Brandon Ayuk. You need that right now. You need a guy opposite whomever it is that you bring into this organization to be able to stand out right now. And then what you need, and this is something that we tend to forget about, what you need then is the emergence and the growth of Amari Rogers. What you need is the crisp route running of Alan Lazard and then Randall Cobb to give you something. And then, obviously, a healthy Robert Tanyan and the the matriculation from there. You know, obviously passing out in the backfield and all that kind of stuff. It's not like the Packers don't have weapons. What you need is two guys who can do work downfield. That's what you need. You need that ability. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Does that make sense? Hopefully it makes sense. Hopefully it makes sense. On a sensible Friday, hopefully it makes sense. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it. Good stuff. Trying to answer stuff here uh, with many of you kind of flying through the Bud Light live stream and uh, those hitting me up on Facebook and such. So uh, I, try, I try to get to back to as many people as I can. So I apologize if I don't get back to you specifically. But we do try to get to, to many of it or at the very least talk about what it is your your comments happen to be. Um by, by the way, uh, first and foremost, uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light has the uh, hard sodas out. And it, it's basically, they have the seltzers. There's Bud Light, we all know that, uh, which has been with us for 20, uh, 21 years, as a matter of fact. And now they came out with these hard sodas. We had them the other night down at the, the Bucks game. And, and, oh, my goodness, it tastes like a cola. The cherry cola is fantastic. And then there's the uh, the citrus soda, the orange soda, which is really good, and they do it all without any sugars. So they taste good. Obviously, they're they're alcoholic be- adult beverages, but they just taste like you're drinking soda from the old days. It's really, really good with zero sugar. So check them out next time you get a chance to get out and about. That's our friends from Bud Light. Bud Light hard soda as well. Don't forget Bud Light and Budweiser. They are sponsoring and bringing you our on-site remote broadcast for opening day down at Stenny's. And we're encouraging you to come down, get down there early, hang out for the show, talk a lot of baseball that day, jump on the shuttle after you get yourself a Bloody Mary, a Bud Light, uh, some wings, Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, get all of that, take the shuttle down to American Family Field, enjoy a Brewers game, then the shuttle will bring you back down to Stenny's where you can either do it all over again or just head home from there. You don't have to worry about parking and all the extra expenses. Just grab your ticket, come on down, enjoy the show, and have a great time. That is going to be our opening day broadcast coming up on the 14th of April. April 14th, we're going to start out 10 a.m. Down at Stenny's, second and National Walker's Point, and it's all brought to you by Bud Light, Budweiser, which Budweiser is the official 
beer sponsor of Major League Baseball. So um, this one is from uh, from Mark, who says uh, that with losing all of these wide receivers, is this a statement regarding Green Bay? No. What, what? Let me ask you this. What statement do you want it to be? There seems to be a a narrative that people want to kind of push in regards to the Packers. What is the narrative? What is the narrative? I Each one is individual. Did you really, are you really pining for Equinemia St. Brown at this point? Oh, my God, I can't believe they lost him. I, I don't remember anybody calling this program or emailing this program saying, there's no way in hell you can let MVS go. That didn't happen. The only guy people wanted to see come back was Devontae, and he was not coming back. I mean, he he's made it clear. And you get a little more insight into the psyche and the behind the scenes when you read Tom Silverstein's article out of the Journal Sentinel from yesterday. Yes, there's a ripple effect from the Aaron Rodgers stuff there. That I agree with. But the rest of it, to, to it's like people want to put this on Rodgers. There's a lot, of, a lot of Rodgers hate going on right now. And I get it. it. It's a little exhausting. I called it Aaron Rodgers fatigue. But for some, I'm just trying to keep it real. Because those that say, well, there you go. Another guy leaves because of Aaron Rodgers. It, it's wrong. It wasn't because of Aaron Rodgers. And do you really think a guy that has not gotten that big-time contract yet is going to say, I'll take less to stay with Aaron Rodgers? Now, where Rodgers was somewhat full of himself is when he said, guys want to come here to play with me. Because that comes back to bite you in the ass. And the, it, look, uh, you know, uh, Anthony says the Packers are rebuilding. They're always rebuilding. You usually, I mean... The the thought process always has been you lose about 20% of your team. Usually. The, the Packers have been pretty good about not rolling it over consistently because one of the reasons you get good is because you can keep your team together. You can keep your coaching staff, for the most part, together. Because going through the same thing, understanding the same thing, year after year, is a good thing, and then you expound upon that. That's a good thing. But I, I'm not – the narrative seems to be that people want to hate on Rodgers, and, and there's a lot of things you can be mad at Aaron Rodgers for, but this is not one of them. Not one of them. I don't know why it's – do you get that sense, Ben, that people are just looking for a reason to be pissed off at Aaron Rodgers? I mean, definitely. When the Devontae news first dropped, the first reaction from a lot of people was, oh, they couldn't pay him because of Rogers' money until the story came out of what actually happened. But that was the first, that was what everyone jumped to. Right. And that's right. That's just not true. And part of it is, and I I get it, part of it's being led by the charge of the four-letter network. I know, uh, you know, nobody likes Stephen A. Smith until Stephen A. Smith says something that people like. And then they agree with him. And he makes you think. But Stephen A. Smith, and, and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, but both of them have been that he talks to all the time. Both of them have been very 
heavy-fisted when it comes to pounding on Aaron Rodgers. Very much so. And it it just doesn't make sense because it's just not true. I if I'm Marquez Valdez Scanling, I'm not taking Lex. This is my this is my probably if he continues to play the way he's played, this is really probably his last opportunity to make any kind of money at all to set himself up. It's not a huge contract, but it's good money for him. Because if he doesn't take that next step, this is all he ever is going to be. And once speed leaves him, that's it. He's done. That's it. So I don't blame him for going for the money. And Equinemius St. Brown, come on. He was hurt all the time. I liked Equinemius St. Brown because he had big hands, long arms, and could go across the middle. That I liked about him. I thought he could have been a really good slot receiver if they would have utilized him correctly, which maybe that's what he'll end up being down in, down in, uh, down in Chicago. But he, he was always banged up. He was always coming back from injury. So I, I don't know why people are just, like I said, if you want to hate on Rodgers, you'll find a reason to, but this is not one of them. One hour down, three yet to go. Good day today. Good day today. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there. Dwayne's Cover It All. If you're looking for a boat, upholstery, whatever it happens to be, you name it, Dwayne can do it. You want to redo some furniture in your office? Done. Office chairs? Done. You got a gym, so you want to get all the benches done in your gym? Done. They can do it, man. Great guy. Go to Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. We're coming back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.